Hey everyone, welcome to the Mother of Monarch podcast. I'm Maxine McCallum, and together we are going on a journey of personal growth, motivation, mindfulness, and self-discovery. Embrace the spirit of resilience and the beauty of transformation as we dive into life, business, friendship, motherhood, and everything in between. Let's get started. There aren't many people that can relate to the challenges of moving to a new country, and it was fun to compare experiences with Fabio from the viral TikTok channel Food with Fabio. We're both 29, and finding our definition of success here in the U.S. has been a journey. Listen in on this interview and a bonus podcast episode. Hey everybody, it's Maxine, and today's guest is Fabio Caratelli, also known as Food with Fabio. He has almost half a million followers on TikTok, and let me tell you, all I've had is his pizza, but the man can cook. Grazie mille for being here today. Grazie a te. <laughs> Thank you. So, quick backstory. We met because I was looking for food trucks to come to my benefit horse show, and the Monarch Benefit Horse Show, and you were one of those food, can't really call it a food truck, I guess, but you brought your your pizza situation mm -hmm. and it was so good. And we were so happy to have you, but we kind of discovered that we're the same age and we've got a lot of stuff going, both of us. And I figured it would be awesome to have you on the podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit like about yourself and, and what makes you food with Fabio? So thank you for having me, and uh, it was a pleasure meeting you at the horse show. Yes. And yes, I came in the U.S. because I had a daughter, and then, you know, I stayed, worked around in the restaurants, and seen a lack of knowledge in the food industry, even in restaurants, Italian restaurants. Mm. So I decided to open a TikTok channel, I was forced kind of to open it <laughs> by my brother-in-law. Okay. And then uh, it happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, consistency and hard work uh, paid off uh, uh, and it became my job. Cool. So was there like one video that happened to like go viral and that was a turning point or it was like a steady climb of followers? So, in the beginning, one video, I understood that this could have been something because one of the videos that we shooted went viral, okay. went to 300,000 views or 500,000 views, I don't remember. Wow. And I was like, wow, wow. It's, 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 I, I couldn't believe it, you know? I couldn't believe it. And uh, it went to uh, 300,000 views or 500,000 views. I couldn't believe that. And then I said, maybe this can be something. Mm -hmm. I didn't even believe in TikTok uh, because I didn't even know TikTok. Okay. My brother-in-law posted the videos for me oh, on, wow. on his channel and then it became mine. But yeah, it went viral and uh, we started pushing and every video was kind of steady in the beginning. So, and after a year, it, it started to become a job. Okay. But and you do sponsorships and that's how it's a job or do you get yes. work for, okay. We do only sponsorship paid. We tried the TikTok program, Instagram, but then it kind of ruins your algorithm, I guess. Oh, okay. And so we deleted that Just and we do only sponsorships. Yeah. That's cool. So what inspired you to start cooking? Was there like a person in your life or? Yes. So I was raised in London for six years. Okay. 
from when I was a kid, from when I was newborn and then until six, because my dad had a few restaurants Mm -hmm. in London. And I was raised in one of them that was Galileo's. Oh, okay. Pizzeria, Ristorante, Wine Bar. And so there I worked in the kitchen. They did pizza, Italian food, wine bar was beautiful. And that atmosphere, that, you know, a lot of people eating, Mm -hmm. talking, loudness. It's something, I think it's, it's beautiful. So I'm really passionate about restaurants and people. Do you struggle with the eating culture in America versus Italy? So for a backstory for anyone who doesn't know, I lived in Italy for about a year and it's also so close to Germany that, you know, it's, it's a train, plane, car drive away. But the eating culture is really different. You tend to eat a lot later. You tend to eat longer. It's not as fast as it is here. Is that something that's hard for you when you being here, like feeling like things are more rushed or just different in general? Definitely, definitely. I think food brings people together, but not in this country, kind of. It's it's weird. Sometimes it does, Yeah. but not family-based. Like in Italy, we sit down at one o'clock and we eat lunch. Mm-hmm. And then at eight or nine, we eat dinner all together. Nobody eats in the meantime. We don't do a lot of snacking. Here, people think that it's healthy. In Italy, we don't really think that snacking is healthy. So we eat two large meals a day plus breakfast. Mm. But brings people together. We sit down at the table on Sunday at lunch. When you go to your grandma's house, you sit down like at one. You stand up at four. Yeah. I mean, it could be boring, but for us, it's like something to commemorate or value the family and yeah you know what kind of makes the world go round like that connection with the people around you we spend so much time just like fast-paced one thing to the next and our relationships aren't as deep or as valuable I think it's something I've noticed obviously also being European like the the relationships here almost don't feel as deep because you don't take that time for each other like everything is rushing from one thing to the next and yeah. I do really value that, like, family is sitting down. I try to do that with my kids. Like, we sit down at the table every evening, and we do – I try to get them talking. Obviously, they're still really young, but we do right. high-low buffalo. So the best part of your day, the worst part of your day, and then something that surprised you. That's beautiful. But it's really important to me to do that every single night and check in with my kids because that way they'll keep talking to me, hopefully, as they grow up. Right. But I feel like a lot of families, like you're struggling trying to do everything. And here, especially, you're just throwing dinner in front of the kids in any way that you can, whether it's in front of like a TV or a whatever. And that's like painful to me because I love that sitting together and, and talking. Definitely. No, it's, it's really important, I think. Yeah. Here you see some houses that don't even have a dining table. People yeah. eat at the counter and the kitchen. Yeah. The snack and they leave. Everything is so fast and everybody's so scared about something. It's uh, it's a really stressful life. Yeah, maybe you can do really well in life, money-wise, but at what cost? You yeah, know? that's that's what I feel at this moment of my life. It, yeah, definitely that connection and. And the simplicity of like good food, whole foods. That's a deep dive I'm doing right now. And 
I've never been one for a ton of processed food, but especially with my kids right now, I'm really trying to just do whole foods and none of that snacky like processed stuff because I notice a complete difference in them and their behavior and attitude if they're eating a lot of processed snacks versus whole foods that I'm cooking even though we did just talk about the fact that I hate to cook <laughs> yeah, no no definitely no no whole foods uh, brings you way more vitamins and way more you know good things healing foods healing yeah they're kind of healing foods they're kind of natural medicine yeah. if you eat good food good quality food uh, it's, it's like getting medicine natural medicines and you, so that you don't need uh, you know the bad ones yeah we were talking earlier before we started recording about the food being so different in America to Europe. And I've always noticed that when I go back to visit my family and then I come back here, no matter what I'm eating, my stomach hurts for a couple of days. Have you ever like struggled with going back and forth and feeling like the food much? So I haven't felt that, but uh, for sure I had some issues from when I, <laughs> I lived in the U.S., what I feel when I, what I do feel when when I come back, it's the flavors mm -hmm. are missing. You eat a tomato, doesn't have any flavor. You yeah. eat salad, doesn't have any flavor. You eat, I don't know, as we were talking, bread and it's something. Everything is really more processed. And plus, in Europe, we have way more laws that that actually can't check on the on the food on yeah. the end, and we don't use so many poisonous on on our food than yeah. than they do here so yeah even even things as simple as like baby formula the things that are allowed in the u.s baby formula versus the european baby formula right. i fed my kids only european formula and luckily i have family over there so they were able right. to send it to me but when you look at what's banned that's even in baby formula yeah. you're, it's terrifying like i'm funneling this into my child but it's poison. Why not here in the U.S.? It's not why here is not illegal. A lot of foods, a lot of uh, even you know, uh, a lot of stuff that here is legal in Europe is not. So yeah, uh, we need to pay attention. We do, yeah, and and it is just it is also connected, right? Whether you want to believe it or not, the companies, those big processed food companies, are have some of the same people and connections as the big pharma people and so essentially they're making money off of you eating bad food and getting sick, sick and then prescribing you a pill to fix the problem when if you could just eat whole foods and get outside and be healthy and active and whatever you could avoid a lot of those problems to begin with definitely definitely so pretty sad i was looking at a show the other night the blue mm -hmm. on netflix and this guy went around the world to see in the places where they live the most. Oh, like the longest? The longest, yeah. so 100 plus years. And uh, Okinawa, there is a city in Sardinia. It's a mix of food, it's a mix of activity, it's a mix of what you do with your day, it's a mix of... I think family too, family, right? Family. Generational living. Right. Yeah, and plus, you know, like mindset. Like they're so relaxed and they're so... They go in the garden, pick some vegetables eat it then the next day they're really way more relaxed than, than what we do here so i don't know yeah so is your you have a daughter yes i have a daughter so it was 
and her mom is American. Is that why? Yes. Okay. That's why I'm here. So you probably wouldn't ever go back probably while your daughter is young. Yeah, I won't. Unless, you know, we all decide to move. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. You are? A little bit, yeah. What are the reasons that would make you consider to go back? My health. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, probably I won't do good as here. Work-wise. Work-wise, success-wise. I mean, money success, because then what is success, you know? Right. Like, it's really personal. But, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Okay. Because of health. Are you talking physical health or mental health? Both. 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 Yeah. yeah. Do you crave that? Because I know you you obviously have family here, isn't your daughter, but do you crave family, like, the generational, like, like parents, grandparents, and siblings? Oh, definitely, definitely. Unfortunately, I lost all my grandparents already and my mom, but my dad is there and my brothers, my cousins, mm -hmm. I have a big family, so. Yeah, I crave it. I miss, you know, what we were talking about, like Sunday all together. I know you call your uncle and you go to his house and have a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so like simple stuff that yeah. here are not that easy. You call a friend, you say, oh, let's... Oh, no, we need to get a schedule. Maybe in two weeks, I have Monday at 2. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> that is something I've noticed, especially scheduling playdates for the kids. I'm yeah. used to with how I grew up and, and family and all of that. You just kind of are like, hey, let's get the kids together in an hour. Like, yeah. whatever, you know, come over. And here, I'll say to a friend, like, hey, we got to get the kids together. And like, oh, yeah, well, you know a month from now at this specific time, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing in a month from now. I don't know if I feel like seeing you in a month yeah. from now. I want to see you now. Yeah, it's so... Yeah. That's bad. Was there like a specific shift in you from... You mentioned sort of what is success to the specific person. Did you have sort of a shift of success from business to thinking now that success is maybe a little bit more family and those simple life things or have you always kind of felt the importance of the simple things i go through phases i guess mm -hmm. so like there are some times that i think that success is buying a condo at the 55th floor in new york <laughs> or manhattan and sometimes i feel I, I think success is being i don't know on a mountain with a few sheep and enjoying the view yeah sitting on the rock yeah like it's weird yeah but that's the u.s changed me of course like in italy i was comfortable I, with my family i was a chef and i knew everyone coming here i was nobody anymore like i was i didn't know anybody mm -hmm. i was no money no you know no so the U.S. changed me. So Yeah, it kind of forced you to, because I was the same way. I came here, my ex-husband was military, and so we moved to the U.S., and I didn't, I didn't know anyone. I lived in the U.S. as a kid for a few years, but I didn't know anyone either, and we moved to Georgia first for nine months, and then we moved to Washington. And it's hard because you, it's a new culture. It's all new people. You kind right. of have to find yourself and... 
I, I definitely struggled with that as well. I tell people the story of one of the, I was terrified to drive in the U S because mm -hmm. all the cars are so much bigger. And it's funny because now I drive a lifted F three fifty. So you know. <laughs> when I got here, I was like, where are all the little cars? And it, it felt like, you know, at any second I was going to be like run over by one of these crazy drivers. Cause they learned to, you know, they essentially get handed their license here versus, I don't know how it is in Italy, but in Germany, it's hard to get your license. Even like, in Italy, You have to work really hard for it. Yeah. Here they're just like, yeah. here you go. <laughs> yeah, I took my license. I barely remember English. I barely speak the English. Yeah. And I got my license first round. It's so easy. The crazy part is Germany has an agreement with the U.S. And I think it's state specific, but it definitely has the agreement with Washington that if you have a German license, they just hand you Really? <laughs> the American driver's license because wow. they know that you drove well. <laughs> so I just went into the DMV and they handed me a new license. Wow, I didn't you're even lucky. have to do that. I know. But I mean, it sounds like you had no problem either. But I remember those first like weeks being here because Germany doesn't have all the options and Italy is the same way. Like you don't have the, the massive amount of options that you have here. So like you go down the aisle here, you have two aisles dedicated to laundry detergent. Like when I go to the grocery store in Germany, there's like three options for yeah. laundry detergent. And that is great. And you generally you like buy what your family bought, right? Like if you don't know, you're like, oh, well, this is a brand I recognize. When you come to a new country, you don't really recognize the brands. And then you're coming to a country where there's 7 million options. So I remember having like a breakdown in the laundry detergent aisle, <laughs> crying. <laughs> it was like my first, I, I had a six month old, so I was like emotional too. But I, right. I like had a breakdown. I started crying because I didn't recognize any of the brands. I didn't know what laundry detergent to pick. And it was like the weight of moving and everything being different, right. no family. I just lost it. And I think they all looked at me like I was crazy. And then the same thing, my husband asked for Steph to make peanut butter and jelly. And we don't have peanut butter in Germany. And so I went in the store and I'd never made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so I'm like crying in the aisle because there's like, you know, there's crunchy, there's smooth, there's this brand, there's that brand. And some guy, young guy, he must have been like 20 years old, was like, are you okay? I was like, I don't know how to make peanut butter and jelly. And so he kind of like collected <laughs> the ingredients and like put them in my hands and like gently shoved me out of the store. Wow. He's like, you're weird. <laughs> Did you have any of those like major culture shocks? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, finding good quality like salumi, like mm -hmm. prosciutto, at the deli counter, you come here, you see chicken, turkey, and chicken and turkey. And, yeah. and here we have prosciutto, mortadella, oh. prosciutto crudo, cotto, lonza. I'm just drooling. Lonza. Oh. I mean, here it's all like, so that's one of the things. And I mean, I was really stressed when I got here. Like I got here, we got pregnant. Then I had to do the decision, you know, like I stay or I leave. I didn't know this. Uh, my ex-wife really well at the mm. moment. So, uh, and I was 24. So I came here basically on vacation. And so it was really, really, really fun hard. vacation. Yeah. <laughs> until, until it's really hard. Until it got hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I, she was working and I was at home. I couldn't work. So yeah. I went to Italian restaurants to ask for a job. And they were all, nobody would have helped me. You know, I did a few caterings mm -hmm. here and there, but with Facebook marketplace or oh. Facebook groups. Yeah. 
But I didn't work for nine months, basically. And, and I was so, I was in Queen Anne Avenue in Seattle, upper, upper Queen Anne. I went out and I didn't know what to do. I didn't, so I, I drove to restaurants and to ask for work because uh, some of my family-in-law friends, mm -hmm. they are, you know, from Mexico. Okay. And they told me that restaurants hire, like, even without, you Yeah, know. farms do too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I, I tried. Yeah. And no Italian, no Italian helped me. Every Italian closed the door in front of my face. Wow. Even after telling them uh, my story. I mean, no Italian. I didn't go to a lot of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I met now, they would have told me, why didn't you come to me? And I yeah. would have helped you. But. Yeah, but it's also easy for them to say in hindsight, like, yeah, yeah I would have yeah. helped you. <laughs> of course. And then, like, if you go to two people and they said no, it, it's hard to then go, well, I'm going to just keep knocking on doors, <laughs> even though yeah. people have told me no. S some days I went to Fred Meyer in Seattle and admire how huge is those stores. Yeah. I mean, walked, like, I was so fascinated about this. Everything's so big. So I went there three or four hours to waste time and yeah. Home Depot. Like Home Depot was uh, a dream for me. <laughs> I love construction buildings. Okay. Yeah. Home Depot was great. Like that's how, but yeah, it was really, 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 really hard to adapt yeah. to here. Yeah. What are the things that you feel like helped you adapt the most? A dream. A dream? Yeah. So do you believe in the American dream? I know you were, so you were on the American dream TV, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I, my episode's coming out at some point in the next week or nice. two. Nice. I want to watch it. Uh, yeah, I'll let you know when. We're deciding if we're going to do a, a viewing party or not. Did you? Yeah, we did with Peter. Where did you do it? Uh, Peter's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're thinking about maybe doing it at the store. I want to be there. Okay. Yeah, well, if we do it, you're invited. Thank you. I just don't know if we're going to do it because we just don't have a lot of time. And I hate looking at myself. Wow. So I'm I'm a really behind the scenes person. That's why podcasting was like perfect, perfect for me because I like to have deep conversations with people. I don't want to talk about the weather. Right. I want to like actually get to know like what was hard for you, what made it better, like what inspires you in life. I don't want to know. Right. I don't know what your neighbor's doing. Like, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you do you feel like that like you had the belief in the American dream that like you had the opportunity to do something really special here or you just kind of fell into it because of your brother-in-law pushing you to do the videos? So I believed in a different, like I believed that here is possible. Mm -hmm. At least that was my belief. I started to sh mm -hmm. work in restaurants being, I, I was the leader in, in my kitchen, like at that point of my life, whatever I said, even to the owners, was kind of law inside of Russian. So nice. I was pretty, you know, successful in that realm. Around, yeah. But coming here, I was, but I saw a dream. I saw a, an opportunity. I saw a possibility. Obviously, uh, it's not roses and flowers, yeah. you know, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And what is making it happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe success for you is reaching, ten. for me, success is getting freedom to do whatever you want in life. Yeah, I agree. But to do that at today's day, you need not even one million. You need like 
Many, yes. Many yeah. millions. Or you, you cannot, yeah, you cannot do it. Even if you are pretty, you know, frugal. No. Frugal. Frugal, yeah. sorry. Frugal. Yeah. So, you know, for me, that's success. Yeah. My dad did it. My dad at 40 years old, he retired. That's awesome. And went back to Italy and enjoyed his kids. Did he have you older or younger? He had me when I was when he was 34. Okay, so I mean, kind my of mom was 28, bit. so I had my daughter at 24. So that's pretty cool. So you were six years old, and he was done, done. working. And my brothers were even younger than me. That's One awesome. of my brothers was three, and then I had another brother when now he's a teen. So. Awesome. So you got to have like a lot of your dad. Yeah, my dad was always with us. So that's my dream, you know, that's, but then you get into a rat race mm -hmm. that you make some money, but then something happens, you have to spend the money and then something happens and you make a lot of more money, but then you get in the rat race of wanting more, wanting mm -hmm. more, wanting more. And that's, that's another nation, you know, like, yeah. so, I mean, I think balance is important, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think. I was raised sort of, you have to be impressive. You have to do a lot and you have to make a lot of money. And oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. And it was the biggest offense to my family that I, I didn't go to college. I think you do get really caught up in, I get really competitive with myself. And so I, and I have a lot of ideas. I also have ADHD. So I like... <laughs> I'm like, bird, let's do this. Let's do that. And that served me well in a lot of ways. But you do, you kind of get caught up in like, I want to, this is my next goal. This is the next thing I want to do. But I think my goals are changing. Ultimately moving out to the farm full time. And I didn't realize how stressed I was living here in, in the city. And I mean, it's Tacoma, but I was still stressed. Like I didn't feel like I could let my kids just go outside in my yard in Tacoma and then moving out to the farm where I have 30 acres, I open the door and let my three kids play outside. And I like listen for their voices and stuff and I check in on them, but I'm not scared right. for them, right? So all of a sudden this whole layer of stress just is evaporated and growing food with my kids. And right now it's like tiny, it's some tomatoes and cucumbers and romaine lettuce, but like the joy that they get in running out every morning to water. Like they're arguing over who gets the water, you know, the garden. And Beautiful. my son loves tomatoes. So he'll sit by the tomato plant and like shove as many tomatoes no. as he can in his <laughs> mouth. They're like, yesterday we were by the blackberry bushes and they're all like faces purple because they oh. have it all over because they're just gorging themselves on Beautiful. blackberries, right? Like that's a, a childhood. That's like core memories that they're going to have for their entire life. When I look at me, I'm not happiest in rooms of successful people. I'm not happiest in, I hate attention. Like, I don't want anybody to look at me. I don't want to like present myself and whatever. And so I, I realize that I'm most me, no makeup, Carhartt boots, like pair of jean shorts, like running around the farm, like riding, getting dirty. I love manual labor. Like if I could, I would be the one mucking out and feeding the horses and doing all the things. Cause it makes me happy that like true tiredness just to your core and body from 
exerting yourself, being in the sun all day in fresh air to me is the truest form of happiness. And so my definition slowly is changing of what success is because I success to me is where I'm happiest. And it's not putting on a facade for anybody else of like what I should be. And like, I should be this impressive woman and I should look perfect all the time. And I should, you know, be the perfect wife, mother, whatever. Success is where I'm happy and my kids are happy and we all feel free to just be ourselves. And so I'm finding that at the farm. And so more and more, my goal is to get to a point where farms don't make any money. So more and more, my plans and my my future plans are moving in the direction of how do I make the farm really be income producing so that I can just spend my days there and, and not have to do anything else. So that's the goal. But yeah, I think you do get caught up in, and I still find myself, I get excited by opportunities and so I do them. But it's almost like then I get in the room and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to be here. I want to be like in the dirt with my horses. So it just depends. Do you do you do everything that presents yourself? Like you jump on everything? I am very much a person who will only do something if I 100% am behind it. So like if an opportunity excites me to the point that I want to do it, it means that I'm really excited about it and I will do it. But I don't just jump on something if my heart doesn't beat for it. What about you? I don't know. You know, I jump on opportunities when are, uh, they're safe, I mm -hmm. guess. I guess it's difficult, but it's really scary to lose. I don't want to lose. I want to win. That's. But do you ever feel like, <laughs> so do, have you taken any big risks or you really feel like you've played it safe in business? Oh, I'm be I took some little risks, but I'm most playing it safe. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I didn't know. find the right opportunity yet. Yeah. I just bought a watch and that was risk. So I need to, to buy a watch. To buy a watch. <laughs> so now I need to, yeah, it was an auction, you know. So, oh, cool. Yeah. That's exciting. But well, so you said so you came over here when you were 24. Yeah. But you were already running a kitchen. In Italy, yeah. In Italy by 24. Yeah. So that's yeah. some pretty impressive level of success, right? When you look at a lot of people are not doing anything by 24. They're, they're essentially living at home and just got out of college and don't know what the hell they're doing. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I was making 1,400 euros a month running a huge. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty, you know, it's successful because people call you chef and the owners, when I got mad in Italy, it's like, you know, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Yeah, we are like that in Italy, you know. When yeah. I was with, I, I was a sous chef, my chef, screamed and got mad and throw pans or stuff. <laughs> in the U.S., you cannot do that. You yeah, go to oh, jail. Yeah. You, no you, you, you go to jail. This, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you say something out of the space of the people are yeah. really, like, different than us. Yeah. You know? It's definitely a more delicate situation here. <laughs> yeah, you cannot get out of, you cannot yeah, say, what are you doing? Oh, you can't, it's almost like you can't get passionate, though. Yeah. It's like yeah. so difficult. You're always on a line. Yeah. You don't know. So that's another thing I need to learn really well. <laughs> but yeah, I came here, I was running a kitchen, and now I'm trying to, you know, build something. Yeah. Build, I don't know. Build something and potentially go back and. Potentially go back, yeah, with some, you know. Yeah. 
So what is, what are the goals? Like what's next for you? What are your next moves to try and figure out what you're doing? Or like, where's the business going? Yeah, the business is going really well. Like we tripled, actually we did four times what we did last year. Wow. That was our first year, obviously, but we did four times knowing plus, you know, a lot of events wants me because I have, you know, I'm known on social media, so that helps mm -hmm. for sure. But that's what I'm trying to understand. I don't want a business that is focused on me. Yeah. Or it's not a successful business. If it's focused on you, that you need to be there all the time. You have to. It's it's harder that yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that it's not successful, but it's maybe I said it wrong. It's like it's like a baby. Yeah. Business is like a baby. Well, and it is almost harder to build wealth if it's focused on you because nobody else can do it. They do say that right. the the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is staying in the business themselves too long instead of make, getting it to a point where somebody else can run the business so they can focus on, on another opportunity and another business to build that lasting wealth. It's, it's like a kid, you know? Yeah. You, the kid was born, you change their diapers, you feed them. One year, two years, three years, you hold them. Then the fourth year, they go on their own. They start to go to school. You yeah. start leaving them alone mm -hmm. until they reach the age that they go on their own. And yeah. you don't have to, and that's a successful business. Yeah. If you can do that, I, I, that's my, at least, understanding and my meaning of a successful business. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to understand how to do this. We bought, well, now we have two trailers for, which I like to go and make pizza around, yeah. caterings. And I have one trailer with a wood fire oven that's ready for a restaurant. So that's where I'm trying to understand if a restaurant is something and pizza place mm -hmm. in Tacoma is what I want. If it's, if it makes sense, mm -hmm. it needs to make sense, Yeah, you know? and probably do a wholesale business. That's what I'm trying to really do because it's... Wholesale food? Wholesale food, like some type of breads, oh, as yeah. you were saying. I'll be and, your first customer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and probably cheeses and me or whatever Would we want to do. Would it be imported? Do. No. Obviously not the bread, but the... M made here too. Okay. Made by us and then, you know, Maybe help other food trailers and trucks mm -hmm. uh, use our kitchen. So that's another, you know, yeah, you know, and training them a little bit on food and on how to run a business. Yeah. So there are a lot of ideas. Yeah. In the food industry. But. Yeah. Well, and then I guess as far as if you can make those things self-sufficient because you do have the online persona, anything you were to do from here, you already have the following to potentially gain the support for the new thing you're doing. So in that way, you would be able to be a serial entrepreneur and maybe have more of that success with different ventures because you already have the built-in support for anything that you're doing because you're you. Definitely. So if you can put the different, you know, arms underneath you can be self-sustaining, but the reason they're successful is because they're attached to you and you're this persona. 
Definitely, definitely. That's that's the idea, at least. Yeah. I was looking at a ice business that was for sale. I said, no, I'll buy this. I don't know, like, start an ice business company. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of things. What yeah. is the right one, though? Yeah. Uh, what is the, the less mistake? <laughs> or what is... If I can wish one thing for you, it's that I feel like you're really, really worried about making the wrong move. Right. And I feel like if you choose the one that your heart beats for the most, you'll be successful. Right. No, no, I believe in that. Definitely. I believe in that. So like ice, like, are you going to do lick it? I don't like know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, what was that? I would like to have like a few businesses, like we were saying, you yeah. know, like, so it's different source of income is... It's diversification yeah. of your portfolio. But what I want in the end is real estate or, you know. Yeah, like a means to to that, to that life yeah. of just Owning, passive income. Yeah. I don't believe really, I mean, besides my dad that had my uncle that did everything <laughs> with his houses and huh. I don't believe in passive income really okay. much. I mean, I believe in it. Yeah. But. Not with real estate. I mean, unless you have agency that do everything, but you need to work a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's, but passive is more like you don't necessarily need to show up into an office every right, day. Right, like, right, yes, right, like right. managing rentals is kind of annoying, but yeah. <laughs> I've done it. But it's yeah, you don't have to show up into an office every day. Like you yeah. can you can go on a vacation, you can go visit your family, you can do different things. You're free. You don't, yes, you're free. So because I'm also I'm and I'm sure you probably started, you know, that way too. Like I like to work. I like to do things. I like to put my energy into something and see what comes out the other end. But I want to have the passion for it. And I do want it to give me freedom. Definitely. Like my idea was my, my perfect scenario, scenario is I want the passive income to then make mistakes or yeah. do whatever comes to my mind. I want to open a lighter business. I'll, I'll try yeah. it, you know, because I have that, that sustains my bills and my lifestyle and everything. So Yeah, you want to be able to gamble without it taking you out if it doesn't work. Right, out. right, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Very cool. Let's see. I'm sure it's gonna be great. I'm gonna be following along and if you if you decide to sell bread, I will be your best customer. I promise you that. Okay. <laughs> Good, um that you came on and Thank you. It, it was fun to talk to a fellow European about some of some of the things that are different and some of the things that I see here, because I feel like you're, you're, you feel kind of the same way about it. And it was cool to get to know you a little bit better. It's beautiful to be here. And I top. will for sure be following along. Maybe I'll even get a TikTok. <laughs> get a TikTok. Do you have Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, of you, Yeah. Okay. Well, I need to follow you on same Instagram. Same name. <laughs> okay. Same name. Food with Fabio. If Thank you want you to invest so in the much. bread company. Yeah, exactly. He's going to have to cook me some bread first, and of then I'll course. make the decision. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, and we will follow along. Everybody, go follow Food with Fabio if you haven't already. Thank you very much, <laughs> darling. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks. For real. Thanks so much for listening to the Mother of Monarch podcast. I always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So if you have any comments or know who you want to hear next, send me a message at motherofmonarch at outlook.com or Instagram at motherofmonarch. 
I always love to hear from you. I'm sending you strength and positivity for your week ahead. Catch you next time.